Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Top of the Table. June 25th edition, Brian Bentley along with Chris Ballard, Jake Cantonese. Joining us from San Jose, Robert Jonas. What ironic and coincidental timing, Robert. It's as if I'm here to break news or something. I sent Robert a message. I said, would you like to come on the show tonight? I said, sure. What do you have in mind? And within like, it was probably 20 seconds later, breaking news. Please break the news, Robert. Yeah, the earthquakes have parted ways with head coach Dominic Kinnear. I think it was a, uh, sort of everyone knew it was going to happen, but it was a bit of a surprise that it happened this early in the season. But no more Dom Kinnear in MLS. And also uh, John Spencer gone. So, yeah. so, get, so give us this. Um, who takes his place? So you might all remember Chris Leach, a defender with the New York Red Bulls, and then he finished his career with the San Jose Earthquakes. He's going to be the new head coach, and incidentally, not the interim head coach. He was named the head coach today. And then uh, how is this not a surprise? You know, it's I, I, a lot of people knew at some point they were going to make a change. It just sort of felt that way when they brought in general manager Jesse Fiorinelli, but uh, I think most people felt uh, with the team hovering right above the red line in the West that they would have given him a chance to kind of at least play out the season. So I guess no go, and uh, the Quakes are charting a, a brand new direction. Chris, were you surprised by this move? I was considering they won. I mean, I know, you know if they have it in mind to get rid of somebody, the fact that the team wins one game probably won't change that trajectory it just always looks bad when a, f a team gets you know manager gets fired after his team manages to win to, to be fair uh, they they also like well yeah I, i'm convinced my red guys could beat rsl right now um and i'm one of the better guys so <laughs> <laughs> um it's just san jose they have that you know they built the new stadium it's it the third season now it seems I forget, but they haven't really done very well there yet. They should have just kept Buckshaw Stadium, which I loved. So, Jake, who's next? Well, for RSL, or uh, for, for San Jose, I'm still trying to figure out how Steve Ralston um, is still there. He's a Dom Kinnear supporter, so I'd, I'd maybe want to ask Robert how that's going to play out. Yeah, I think it was, it was interesting to see that, uh, you know, he did stick around. Uh, Tim Hanley, the goalkeeper coach, is another longtime, uh, you know, San Jose um, incumbent. He was with Frank Yallop in the first time around and Dom Kinnear and, and left Houston with him. You know, so there are a couple of holdovers from, from Dom Kinnear that, uh, you know, we'll have to see how long they last on the coaching staff. I think they probably needed a little bit of consistency moving forward. They couldn't just completely clean shop. Uh, but seeing John Spencer go, I think as soon as Don got the news, I'm sure John Spencer was uh, very supportive of Don and, and, and was uh, not too uh, not too long in making the decision to, to part his way as well. All right, moving on around the league. New York City FC wins the uh, New York Derby yesterday, two to nothing. Jake, is NYC a juggernaut? I mean, not sure if they are a juggernaut. I also know in the East, I don't know that they aren't a juggernaut. Either Chicago and Toronto are probably one and two. I don't think there's anyone right now that's going to get through to those two. I don't really see anyone else who's going to get up to third with the lead that New York City has. I think yes. 
I think they're good at soccer. Can't believe I just said that. Mr. Ballard. I hate to think of New York City as anything other but a little joke in the corner of MLS because I think like a lot of soccer supporters over here, we you know, we don't like the idea of New York City FC, especially given the history with MLS and you know, wanting to quote unquote have any new team have their own stadium and a plan and as soon as they're shown a big check, they're like, Oh <laughs> we just forget all of that. Um they and are you mean, and you mean the uh, the airline sponsor of the league at Tiad Airlines? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's almost like it's related in some way. Um, yeah, I, yeah, they are a good team. I will continue to hate them. I will hate their stupid small field and their fans who think they have history. Um, but yeah, they, unfortunately, they are one of the better sides in the East, although, like Jake said, they're still some way behind Toronto and Chicago. And Chicago, they're still, it's amazing how the addition of one guy can make such a difference. And you know what? I'm going to skip, Robert. We're going to go to our next question because it's uh, Chicago wins again. Uh, are they unstoppable, Robert? Uh, you know, they've done everything right in, in the new way that MLS operates. You go out there, you spend your money wisely, you get some big names to, to get all the attention. And I think Schweinsteiger, uh, for everyone who wrote him off uh, as a, over the hill, forget that he's been basically resting while he's been hanging out in Manchester United. And so he comes in with a lot energy and I, I really like what they've done over there. You know, I'm friends with a couple of the people in the front office and and they were very excited even before the season at the direction that uh, that club was taking and uh, you know, I think they're going to they caught everyone by surprise at the beginning but this is going to be a team that's going to be competing for the supporter shield by the time we talk at the end of the year. Jake I think we're all going to forget because it was actually the other two midfielders I was far more impressed with. Um, and that's Dax McCarty and Juninho. Uh, when Toronto FC made the jump from being kind of mediocre to really, really good, um, it wasn't Sebastian Javinko that helped them make that jump. It was guys like Drew Moore and Betashore and Justin Morrow. It, you need to have a great supporting cast behind your stars, and Chicago hasn't had that for years. It's been a calm on, on his own, just trying to score goals with a bunch of other you know high-priced strikers that – weren't very good trying to um, run by and, everybody yeah. yeah and that's and now it's like you can see chicago over the last really last year going back to this last summer like you can see what they've been trying to do and now they've put all the pieces together last off season in the winter and my god they are amazingly fun to watch from from both sides of the ball not just on the offensive side but on the defensive side as well chris yeah same thing i mean they They've been terrible for a while, but just last season, there were the beginnings of something happening. Um, but I think with, with Schweinsteiger coming in and, and proving a lot of people wrong in that he's worked his nuts off. Um, he's clearly engaged in the project that they're trying to achieve there. And he seems to be having a blast. And I think if people are having a good time at, at work, it makes things a lot easier for everybody. So I don't know if they'll do well in the playoffs because the nature of MLS is that you can have a team, you know, come into the playoff on a huge winning streak or whatever, and they get knocked out in the first round. Um, so once you get to the playoffs, it, it's anybody's game, but they'll be there or thereabouts. And I think with Toronto, they're, they're the class team in the East. Over in the West, FCD and Houston draw this week, 1-1. Mario Diaz returns to the lineup, back to full health. That's the major storyline uh, for Dallas, but their scoring woes continue. What will they have to do in the transfer window to make it happen? I'm probably the only one that hasn't answered to this. Jake. 
I mean, FC Dallas isn't bad, but I mean, compared to the rest of the the offenses in in the West, they're not they're not up there. Like LA scores more than them, Portland scores more than them, right? So that God, I know Dallas is never isn't really a team that has ever really needed to win by scoring a lot of goals, but you know, damn it, like they miss like they like miss Blas Perez. How the hell did that happen? Well, that was the the they replaced him with uh, Iruti. And then they continue to use the uh, second striker slash attacking midfielder spot yeah. to bring in South American project pieces like Christian Coleman, who started off great in the preseason but has been um, not so great since then. Um, Roland Lamar, who had a hat trick in 30 minutes versus Real Salt Lake. But as Chris discussed earlier, it sounds like anybody can do that. And no offense to Real Salt Lake, um, so they you know they don't they don't go out and sign. There's there's not going to be a big huge splash name signing of anybody that you know. That's just me, Robert. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know when they were uh, they were out here in San Jose and played the Quakes, and it took a, a last minute equalizer for San Jose to rescue a point in that game. What what struck me and a lot of us watching that game was. You know how how built uh, Dallas was to play defense and, and take its opportunities moving forward and and well you know that's a you know a nice strategy usually get you points week to week it doesn't get you a lot of goals and that's something we know very well here in San Jose from the style of play that uh, our now ex coach Don Kinnear would would expose so it was uh, you know a dreadful miss by Coleman in that game you know Maxi we've seen to do great things but just not consistently you know that seems to be you know what Dallas you know they can get that one extra piece you know they're not just supporter shield uh, contenders anymore but they truly are going to be the dominant force in the west in a year where most of the western teams are struggling to find their feet yeah they, they seem to be they seem to be uh, built on on the conditioning um, with the solid what they have there in the solid midfield with Grezzo, uh and then going back to Acosta and Hedges and Zimmerman in the back line, they want to catch people on the on the counter and almost, you know, basketball style fast break. Is 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 the East better than the West this year? <laughs> That's actually a really good question because the traditional West power you know, LA aren't very good. Seattle's um, below the red line, Vancouver's right. below you know, like that. I I I know the like the, the teams at the bottom are always gonna be bad, but I think now because of you know, Chicago going from bottom to top, New York City rising, Atlanta expansion team above the red line. Is When was the last time we could actually say the East was maybe better than the West? Been a while. It's going to be six, seven years, I would guess. Yeah. Whenever DC was winning everything? <laughs> That's going to be a while. It was like 20 years ago. That might also not be yeah. long. Yeah. I don't mean it to be sarcastic, but... Yeah, question number five, is the East better than the West? Robert? Well, if you go on head-to-head, -head, right now the East is dominating the West in, uh, in points. And you know, that includes a lot of early season games where Western teams were hosting Eastern teams simply because of the way the weather worked out. And uh, you know, we'll have to see how the summer goes because uh, this is a Western conference right now that's anyone's to have. You know, you've got a, I think it was well described on Twitter not too long ago as the, the peloton that is the West as every team <laughs> is just sort of jockeying with each other and not necessarily distancing themselves. 
And it seems that, and you know, we see it in San Jose. I've seen it with other teams as well. They tend to take those games against the East as a chance to rest guys, and 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 that's just a, a recipe for dropping points. You know, we'll we'll never know if you know, the East is truly better than the West till playoffs, till MLS Cup. But you know, if you just look at the numbers, you know, you got to go East right now. I'm going to agree with that, Chris. Yeah, East East are better. I think. The last couple of seasons, the, the teams that have been underperforming in the East have improved. Chicago and Toronto are the best examples of that. And you've got teams in the West who have, who have regressed. Um, LA being probably the best slash worst example. Uh, question number six. Uh, before we went on the air, Mark popped on from uh, he's vacation with his family in Hawaii. He joined us very, very briefly, but he sent me a message. Mark says, Aloha. Jake, did you see the TFC game? L O L O L O L O L O L O L. We're going to assume question number six should really be what is still wrong with the New England Revolution? And as always, the New England Revolution just can't score. I think he just um, wanted to know if you saw the game. I think he's going to review I wrote the recap. He knows I wrote the recap. Uh, it, God, it, one day, New England. Well, it's, hey, uh, Hank's not here. He's celebrating his birthday today. That's why. I understand that. So, so I have to try and be a little bit of anger, Hank. New England can't score. It's not if we just, we literally can't shoot. Teal Bunbury had our best chance, arguably, which should go and tell you everything you need to know about how that game went. If Teal Bunbury off the bench is your best scoring threat. Um, Toronto probably should have iced that game long before Javinko in the 93rd minute. That's another story. I, I will re remain steadfast in believing the New England Revolution are not bad at soccer. They're also, however, not good at soccer, and that is not a trend I want to see continue. So they are just currently playing soccer is what you'd like to say. They are currently just playing soccer, and that is fine, I guess. Hey, Chris, you want to you pile on? Oh, wait, you're a risk. They're not good at doing the things that you need to do if you want to actually win games, and that's scoring. I mean, they've gone through a succession of, of strikers over the past few seasons, and for a while, one or two of them seems to do okay, and then they disappear. I mean, Fagundes was the hot thing for a while. I know he plays some attacking midfield, and he hasn't been around a lot this year. Kellen Roche, probably the same, although I have honestly no idea what's happened to him. Um, they can't score goals. If they can't score goals, they're probably not going to win games. Question number – oh, you want, hey, you want to kick them while they're down, Jonas? Well, I'm just going to say, you know, it's, it's uh, kind of fun for me as an outsider to watch the New England Revolution uh, struggle simply because, you know, catching the games on MLS Live, I just really enjoy listening to Paul Mariner really bag on those guys with that wonderful accent. So, <laughs> he really does, yeah. Paul, Paul Mariner is the best, and I will hear no arguments or slander otherwise. Good, sirs. Uh, no, he is. He's, I... <laughs> That was purely a compliment. I, no, I, I know. That's... I liked it. <laughs> uh, you know what? You can follow along this week with our hashtag Paul Mariner. Why not? Yes. <laughs> I like it. Uh, hey, question number seven. Jake wants to ask Mark, does LA have any goalkeeper help on the way? This is the part where Mark would say a lot of family-friendly things, and I would mute his mic. And then I would say you could tweet him at the Mark Villa with your uh, letters of cards and complaint. So I will let uh, I'll let you, Chris. Um, you, I, get to be, you get to be Mark, and you get to answer. Does LA have goalkeeper uh, help on the way? If I was Mark, I'd probably be bitching about Curtin Alpha and then criticizing Lalas for letting 
Eggy, you know, Hugo, no, not Hugo Emily. Emily Hugo years ago. Um, but no, the goalkeeping was terrible. I mean, both goals they conceded to Casey were goalkeeping errors. The first one was one of the most blatant <laughs> misuse of a pair of goalkeeping gloves I've ever seen in my life. And I've noticed um, the goalkeeper, is it Diouf or Diouf? I can never remember his name, but he has a tendency to punch balls a lot, um, which is fine if you actually do punch them rather than just brush it, brush it as it goes past you into the net. Um, although I don't think the LA team in general is that great. I don't think you can pin their malaise entirely on the goalkeeping that they have. Um, they've misfired in quite a few games this season. They're not as potent going forward. They miss Robbie Keane, which... It pains me to say because I never liked him. Um, and they need to do something because they could well miss the playoffs, which would be somewhat um, con- you know, a big deal in the context of MLS, especially with LA coming, you know, LAFC coming next year. They can't afford to be seen to be the chiefest of LA. And that's the way it's going right now. Hey, Jake, give me your best, uh, your mark, your best mark response uh, without me having to mute your mic. Oh, um, I was going to do a Rick, a Rick Pitino impersonation, but uh, that, that's okay. Um, uh, Carlo Cudicini isn't walking through that door. Uh, Josh Saunders isn't walking through that door. Mike McGee isn't walking through that door. <laughs> Kevin all Hartman. Three of, Kevin Hartman isn't walking. Well, all four of those guys right now are better than Clement Diop in goal. Um, if John Kempen can't beat out Diop, then he shouldn't be on an MLS roster either. Um, LA need help. I don't. I don't know how the best team in the league, in theory, can't find a goalkeeper like Jaime Pineda wasn't walking through that door. Um, there, there, you've like you've had goalkeeping problems for like half a decade, and somehow you've won two MLS Cups despite that. Um, because I don't you're know. outscoring people. You're that, that was the thing. So I'm like now, like oh, by the way, now you need a defense and you need a goalkeeper, and you don't have those things, and now you're just like every other team in MLS. Congratulations. Um, I don't know. I don't. I, I'm not sad that they have goalkeeping problems. I love talking to my goalkeeping friends from high school about just sharing gifts and saying, "Wow, this is a, this is special of you two. Look at this catastrophe. This is something I would do in a rec league game, and I'm seeing it in MLS, and it's special." Robert, give us your best Mark Veer response. <laughs> oh man, it's going to be uh, really slanted, but uh, it's along the lines of, "Hey, at least uh, we don't have David Bingham." After you saw his howler against Sporting Kansas City earlier this season, um, yeah, it's uh, you know seeing what uh, happened in that game last night, and then thinking ahead to uh, what we have as our Cali Classico this Saturday at Stanford. Um, it's going to be two goalies with a whole lot of confidence issues going into that game. So maybe it means more goals, which I think the fans in the stands will be happy about. But uh, yeah, the goalkeeping woes in LA or something that uh, Quake fans will be happy about, but we've also been uh, kind of suffering from a few at times as well. So uh, we commiserate, but at the same time, you know, we're, we're more than happy to see Diop get uh, Howard. <laughs> I'm going to play that part back for him tonight. <laughs> oh, our final question, because I think this is going to take up a couple of minutes. The Gold Cup roster is out with 16 MLS players. You can start your panicking now. Uh, give me your overall thoughts on the results, how they will perform, and who takes the brunt of all the the uh, American outlaw bitching. Robert Jonas. 
Oh man, you know when I uh, when I saw the lineup come out, I think the the number one name on there that uh, didn't have me necessarily scratching my head, but really kind of feeling for the guy to 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 uh, make sure he has to step up is Dom Dwyer. You know he's uh, he's made a big uh, big deal about becoming a U.S. citizen. This is his opportunity to really shine, and and truly at at his age, if he wants to crack that lineup, looking ahead to potential World Cup qualifiers and the World Cup next summer, he's got to do something. You know, it's, as much as he banged in so many goals for Sporting so far. You know, he's kind of got that success at the MLS level, and we're going to still see if he can do it at the international level. And believe me, we got a guy in San Jose we've seen sort of you know, suffer that trap as well. So <laughs> if, uh, if Dom can pop a hat trick past Martinique and uh, maybe sew an extra W in his jersey to make it happen, then, you know, go USA. But uh, that's the guy I'll be watching. See, that reference works because he has a W in his name, and that's why you're a genius, Robert. <laughs> Ballard. Um, I... I think the, the Gold Cup is kind of a waste of time generally, so I don't think it's going to matter too much. I think they can get to at least the semifinals with a bunch of nobodies. Nobody's going to uh, watch it if it's called the cash grab. Come on. Well, I know, but it should be called the cash grab. Like, you know, it's, well, I mean, that's a whole other conversation for a different day. Um, like, Robert, I, I'd be interested to see what Dom Dwyer does. You know, I always have a soft spot for Englishmen doing okay in, in America. Um, um, I think. Jossi Zardes needs to do something because he's been terrible for LA this year. Um, and he was hailed as the coming thing for a while. And he just seemed to stall once he got to that level. Um, so I'm hoping that he can do something something good. And I'd be interested to see, uh, can he save, say his name? Yep. Um, who made the transition from, I think, Israeli um, citizenship to US now. Um, because, again, it's, it's I think soccer is a microcosm of the country that people play play in and to see immigrants and, and people of different ethnic backgrounds play for the States, I think is representative of what the team should be, despite what a few eggs on Twitter might have you believe. We don't listen to those eggs. Let's talk about, uh, uh, wait, did I pass you Jake? No, I have, I have, a, um, I don't want to see Alejandro Bedoya start, uh, in the midfield. Uh, I don't want to see Graham Zussi start in defense. I don't want to see Brad Guzan start um, at uh, goalkeeper. Uh, I don't want to see Giassi Zardes at all. Uh, aside from that, uh, I'm actually mildly excited about this. Um, I think there's a lot of um, a lot of fun players in the midfield. Uh, Kellen Rowe, Christian Roldan, Kellen Acosta, Dax McCarty. Like, there's a lot of fun that can be made with these groups. Um, Dwyer, I think, up at striker could be... Um, a revelation for this team, either as a lone striker or even as a partner. I, I don't know. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see also the six people or up to six people that might happen in the middle of the tournament, which always seems strange to me. I assume we'll see Michael Bradley again, probably Josie, maybe Dempsey, things like that. Maybe uh, Jesse Gonzalez at goalkeeper. Uh, if we can cap tie him, I'd be really excited uh, to get him into the fold. Paperwork, um, paperwork not turned in yet. Not yes, I know that. Yep. So that's uh, if that happens and we get to see him this year, this Gold Cup, great. If not, hopefully we'll see him down the road uh, in either friendlies or qualifiers. Uh, a special note to those of you traveling to East Hartford, Connecticut, on July first. Please leave in a, the, for the game as early as possible. You will sit in traffic for six hours. I can guarantee this. Please do not leave it like three o'clock in the afternoon. You will miss the entire game. This has been the State of Connecticut Soccer Fan Travel Advisory Board. You may now continue the show. (laughs) 
Oh, I want to change the hashtag, but I don't think I'm going to do I'm so, it. I'm sorry. I should have lit with that. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. It's all right. Dr. Jonas. Yes. The, uh, well, if you're, if you're going to continue this thread here, I uh, have to agree with my esteemed colleagues on the, on the line here. And uh, although, you know, it's a, uh, we're happy to see Desardis make the roster, but uh, yeah, I don't know what he really has to offer. But maybe Bruce has a little bit of magic, uh, magic dust he can sprinkle on the guy to get him back in form. Um, I think you know this. Uh, this group is such a, an easy group for for the USA. There's almost zero chance that they're not going to advance. And, and you know, yeah, we'll see the Bradleys and the Altadors added to the roster as as part of those knockout round games. And that's that's when the uh, that's when the real games begin for me. Anybody have any? Uh, I want. Has the shine gone off of Matt Miazga? Um. Well, I mean, he's not new anymore, and we haven't seen him for a year. He got the move for Chelsea, and of course, it's one of those like, oh, it's the best thing because Klinsmann's got our guys to move to Europe, and then Klinsmann's gone, and he's disappeared without a trace. Um, I think it's quite entertaining how he is listed as a Chelsea player on the roster um, when he probably hasn't even been to London since he signed. Yeah, um, it's because they own his rights. Yeah. Um, I think he's an excellent player. I thought he was a good player at Red Bulls. I thought he deserved the move to Europe. I don't know if, as a young professional looking to break into the top levels of European football, you want to go to Chelsea because they have a terrible track record with doing that. Um, but then again, if you're going to get paid, you might as well make bank while you can. I would never have a problem with a, a player making as much money as he can in the short time that he has in the game. So I would find it very hard to turn it down to. They won't be calling me. Well, apparently here earlier, you're, uh, you're quite the indoor player. I do play indoor a lot. I, that's because, I mean, look at me. I don't go outdoors at all well. Um, just, plus, since I, I have to wear, I, I wear glasses and I don't, I'm not good with contacts. So I have like these um, shatterproof goggles I wear and I can't play, wear them in the rain because I can't see anything. All right, Kareem. Not changing the hashtag. Stick with us. Hashtag Paul Mariner this week. We'll, uh, we'll look forward to the uh, three of you that listen to the show, the one of you that might tweet it to getting your uh, your input. We have three listeners now. Maybe. Somebody probably... The other two like, get together and make a third. Well, I think one of those is me checking to make sure it's there. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't count. That really counts. Yeah. Well, if I check it from my desktop and my phone... Oh, sad clown. <laughs> Um, Robert, give us uh, give us all your plugs before we go. Your Twitter and your websites and everything we can find you at. Yeah, certainly. So it's uh, it's been a fun season for me. I've been splitting time with uh, with Centerline Soccer, which uh, I've been a part of for ten years now. So we're uh, we're really excited to move into our second decade, uh, and also uh, doing some writing over at the mothership with MLSsoccer.com, uh, filling in as a Quakes beat, beat writer now and again. So. Uh, a lot of opportunity to see me out there because no one else really has my name, so it's really easy to Google, and you'll find all sorts of good stuff. Where are you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at that very same name I mentioned, Robert Jonas, uh, with no spaces, no uh, underlines, no periods, no nothing, because uh, you know you got to get on these things first. And uh, also over at Facebook, you can see the conversation at uh, the Centerline Soccer Facebook page. Always a great place for quick conversation. Beautiful. Jake, you want to throw out about 14 vowels and spell your Twitter? 
I, I can try. Uh, Jake Ketnese, at jketnese43, C-A-T-A-N-E-S-E. Please try and get it right. My new job just spelled it wrong. It's hilarious. Um, and then, yeah, uh, the Vent Musket. Uh, Vent Musket Facebook. Uh, the Revs hashtag on occasion. Uh, it's The Revs hashtag is a dark place right now. Actually, I shouldn't say it. It's always a dark place. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll be around, hopefully. Uh, that's all I got. All right, CB. Uh, I just have my Twitter, if you're into that kind of thing, uh, at Chris J. Ballard. Um, I tweet about soccer, and I make stupid jokes and post pictures of my cat occasionally. That's what you have to look forward to on there. Uh, you can find the show at Top of the Table TV on Twitter, Top of the Table TV online. You can follow me at Brian Bentley on Twitter if you want to. Uh, for these three gentlemen, my esteemed colleagues, as uh, Commander Jonas said, uh, and for the uh, the uh, off surfing Mark, what? Uh, the off surfing Mark Via. And the uh, the birthday boy Hank Alexander. Thank everybody for joining us. We will uh, we'll keep doing it until somebody tells us not to. But that means somebody that would have to have to listen to know to tell us to stop. So top of the table, everybody. Have a good week. We'll see you again soon. Bye.